Ladies and gentlemen, good day from London and welcome to the FNA talk, a technology update with FNAers and friends. My name is Adam Chabai and it will be my pleasure to guide you through this series. At FNA Talks, we will be drawing on the expertise and experience of key fintech, regtech, and subtech authorities to discuss the trends and developments defining the technology and the innovation landscapes. In the inaugural episode, we will focus on a theme that at the moment is extremely timely and relevant, and we are going to talk about the rectech and subtech technology that can be used to better understand the impact of systemic disruptions like the COVID-19 crisis and help us to build and maintain the financial as well as operational resilience of systems and players. The topic of our first FNA talk is financial cartography and its applications. I'm very pleased to say that we are joined by one of the founding fathers of the modern financial cartography, Kimo Soramaki, a seasoned technology expert and the founder and CEO of Financial Network Analytics. Kimo, welcome and thank you for joining us at the FNA talk. Thank you, Adam. It's uh, great to be here. Kimo, let us start by defining this increasingly important concept. What is financial cartography and why do we need the maps of this kind in 2020? Uh, to understand the modern world that is uh, global, it's digital, and uh, recently it's also been happening mostly online, we need new maps that are beyond the traditional maps uh, based on uh, geographic features. Uh, many of today's critical threats uh, uh, know no geographic borders. For instance, uh, cyber attacks can be orchestrated through globally distributed bot networks. Uh, Just-in-time manufacturing relies on free, the free flow of goods across jurisdictions. Uh, um, and global markets and uh, the infrastructures that support them relay information and price signals globally within seconds. Uh, um, a lack of understanding of financial interdependencies was clearly demonstrated uh, by the freezing of credit markets in the last financial crisis uh, um, and also by the uncertainty created by Brexit uh, and most recently, of course, by lack of data uh, to draw from on supply chains and to have supply chain maps, uh, uh, which is now creating threats for shortages uh, and maybe uh, at the end supply-driven inflation. Uh, we're still only beginning to map, model, and visualize these critical uh, areas uh, of the financial and uh, economic world. Thanks, Kimo. I am sure we all have a good understanding of how to visualize geographical maps, but how do we visualize financial maps? In financial cartography, we uh, replace a geographic proximity uh, with a logical proximity such as uh, financial interdependence uh, or similarity, for example, of portfolio uh, or, or financial assets uh, or a flow of transactions uh, or a, a certain magnitude of exposures or, or other types of dependencies. Um, similar to geographic maps, financial maps uh, can find many uses across different domains. Um, everyone looking at the map will have a different question that the map may answer, um, whether it be related to uh, business questions, uh, um, policy making or government questions, or, or maybe it's in military domains. So, 
Um, critically, they also need it for protection and projection of state power, um, traditionally for optimizing and managing risks in business and in making policy decisions related to the major challenges of climate change, uh, mass migration or geopolitical instability, or, or the impact of lockdowns uh, on the economy as of now. Um, fundamentally, cartography is a way uh, that reality can be modeled and communicated um, on a big data sets. Uh, cartography allows one to simplify and reduce the complexity of data to highlight salient features of the data and to filter out noise. Uh, this makes maps ideal devices to increase the bandwidth by which information can be communicated to its users and for making quick decisions based on complex data. Think of Google Maps uh, um, and the satellite pictures available on Google um, and the map view. Uh, normally we use the map, uh, although the satellite picture displays much more data, uh, but the map reduces the data to be more operationally uh, important. Thank you, Kimo, for these introductory insights. I understand that uh, in your work, you have focused on how to use financial cartography to enhance supervisory techniques in relation to three main areas. Uh, these are the maps of uh, trade networks, the maps of financial markets, and the maps of uh, financial market infrastructures. Let us now elaborate uh, in a bit more detail on each of these areas and explain what practical benefits can financial cartography bring to the users. First, why is it relevant to construct virtual maps of trade networks? Well, modern countries' economies um, can really not be considered in isolation, um, except uh, maybe North Korea, and probably it's also related uh, very much to China. Uh, countless data sets containing input-output relations among economic sectors of all the countries of the world show um, at the various level of granularity that the whole world economy can be considered a a tangled interacting system. <clears throat> the availability of these data sets, for example, between uh, trade between sectors and economies on shipping data, on swift financial transactions and so forth, um, and advances in network modeling and vis visualization put us on track to be able to measure, model and visualize complex inter interactions in global trade and supply chain networks. Uh, my vision is that uh, we can operationalize this information to create an atlas or a compendium of global trade maps uh, and relevant modeling and visualization techniques to enable a wide range of outcomes. Uh, Kimo, what data and models do you need to design and build a trade network map atlas or compendium? And are there any challenges that should be addressed uh, as a matter of priority? Uh, so there are Broadly, you can probably categorize um, um, on data on sectoral level. For example, um, the UN's uh, Comtrade database uh, on, on company level, uh, such as um, supply chains, which companies are supplying uh, other companies, uh, and we can maybe even induce these types of networks from, from payments data because payments are company um, supply relationships on the other side of the equation, uh, or from data from interbank payment systems. Uh, and then we have product level um, um, supply chains where um, there are companies that collect uh, information about kind of components going into certain products. Um, so these three levels, uh, there are many challenges around the confidential, confidentiality of all these data sets. Um, also in the, uh, net, the networks that we see may not be complete. So we need to estimate the full networks based on partial data 
um, and also aggregate data sets together. Um, but if we can uh, uh, really start to re really do this, we can really start to understand uh, the deeply tangled nature of the, of the whole system. Uh, as regards the second half of your question on models, uh, several models have been de developed over the years, uh, starting from single input-output networks, uh, uh, computational and analytical techniques have been put forward to model single types of shocks, for example, natural disasters, um, um, able to trigger sudden changes in the nexus of ex economic relations. However, given the interconnected nature of the system, shocks can naturally trigger other shocks uh, that can have different implications on different levels of granularity of the data that we are looking at. Um, the need for a unified modeling um, and data acquisition framework is a, is a clear priority. Uh, Kimo, I'm sure that the question that our listeners will be interested in in particular is uh, what practical problems can a map of uh, trade networks help to solve? Would you be able to provide some details in this regard? A current clear practical problem is understanding how all these lockdowns worldwide affect different industries uh, and the second round effects from that. I think we are very much in the dark now on this and uh, we, haven't, we haven't done the mapping or modeling in advance. Uh, we don't have reliable data. Um, I believe that a major outcome from this crisis uh, will be that a lot of work will be started on, on this in the next years. The same way as a mapping and modeling of financial exposures, which were the cause of the um, last financial crisis, uh, started uh, immediately after, after the crisis um, um, uh, through, through a lot of grants and, and work by, by academia and, and, and policymakers. Um, more broadly, I think the uh, resulting information will enable policy and decision makers to better measure, understand, and maintain financial stability, um, identify choke points in supply chains, identify the rise and decline uh, of uh, dominant countries, measure power, identify trade blocks, uh, understand the effect of sanctions, uh, the effect of natural catastrophes and, and um, um, even global warming. It will also enable better targeting of economic and technical sanctions uh, uh, to targeted geographies and sectors while minimizing the effect on, on friendly ones. All topics that have been discussed um, these are all the topics that have been discussed a lot in the past years. In all, the development of a unified modeling framework will enable better monitoring, forecasting, and prevention of large-scale events, events like the impacts of the, the current COVID-19 crisis uh, that can potentially have world-scale implications. Well, thank you very much, Kimo. This is, this is uh, very interesting. Uh, but let us now focus on the, on the second category of uh, uh, financial cartography or financial maps that uh, we would like to discuss today, and that is the maps of uh, financial markets. What particularities would you highlight in this regard? Global financial markets relay information and price signals uh, globally within seconds. Uh, my vision here is to give a systematic view to these markets uh, by creating a stable uh, and uh, time-varying maps of uh, global financial markets. Um, to develop these maps, uh, we need to describe the financial instruments in the market uh, and um, find similar methods of uh, understanding their position within the market, like we have latitudes and longitudes in geographical maps. What are the key operational advantage of uh, financial cartography in comparison to some other uh, techniques or instruments that focus on 
uh, mapping of financial markets? The first one is visualization and complexity reduction. Uh, visualization of uh, large uh, systems or networks that can have uh, tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands of uh, elements is very challenging. Um, and unless the amount of data is reduced, the maps will look like hairballs. Um, to filter signal from noise, we need to develop new visual ways of displaying complex multidimensional information using complexity reduction. And there's actually quite a number of, uh, of mathematical methods on spanning trees, uh, eigenvector maps, uh, clustering, and other unsupervised machine learning methods available for that. Uh, this, secondly, the maps need to be updated in a real-time environment where we need to account for differences in timing of price information due to varying degrees of liquidity and the time zone and opening hours of different global markets to give an indication the size of the problem. And Bloomberg has scored for about 35 million financial instruments, um, although maybe fewer than 100,000 are continuously traded. But you see that, like the, the uh, understanding how each one of these is positioned in the market is, is uh, very difficult. Uh, new methods uh, uh, for large uh, computing resources are needed for matrix inversion, for example, which is needed for many of the analysis methods uh, um, and other computations on, on large data sets. Um, the third advantage, of course, once you start building these maps, um, is uh, the ability to create uh, and run scenarios and measure information cascades. For example, scenarios might consist of shocks to certain aspects of the markets, uh, such as prices or correlations between specific assets returns, and running the scenarios may yield results related to other aspects of the market. Uh, how is the rest of the system reacting to this shock? Um, however, big challenges lie in methods to develop scenarios and estimate their impact when no historical data on such scenarios exist, of course, uh, like the current situation we're in or the financial crisis uh, 10 years ago. Well, indeed, you know, what we are going through has been uh, or does represent an unprecedented challenge in, in, in many ways. And uh, this actually relates to the next question uh, I would like to ask. And uh, similarly, as in the previous section, could you please uh, highlight uh, in a bit more detail what role do maps of financial markets play in the financial and operational resilience of systems and players, for example, during uh, uh, the systemic disruptions like the one we are going through at the moment? Um, like real world, real, real world maps, uh, these maps will have lots of uses and um, the use will, I think, depend on who is looking at it. Everyone sees uh, the information differently and from their own perspective and the question that they are asking, I think that's what exactly makes, uh, makes the concept of maps so compelling. Um, they could be used to systemat systematically monitor global markets, uh, understand what is happening in a systematic way rather than, than being reliant on snippets of information here and there that you read from the news, uh, to detect anomalies, detect fraud or market manipulation, uh, understand slow-moving drifts that are not captured by market observers perhaps so easily otherwise, uh, or identify systemic fault lines in markets, uh, uh, for early warning for a financial crisis, for example, um, and to devise more efficient uh, asset allocation strategies if you're more on the investment side. Uh, many thanks for these insights, Kimo. Uh, this really brings us to the third and the final area of uh, financial cartography applications that uh, uh, we are covering today. And that is the maps for plumbing of the financial system, which is the financial market infrastructures. Uh, I think it's fair to say that the FMIs are really, really the 
arteries of the uh, financial system. And as such, any disruption affecting these can have uh, systemic effects uh, as well as implications. Uh, Kimo, could you please explain what added value can financial cartography provide in this regard? As you said, Adam, our financial and economic systems are highly dependent on critical financial market infrastructures or financial market utilities, which um, are payment systems or equity and derivatives exchanges, uh, securities depositories, and so forth, the retail payment systems. Um, they, again, are interconnected via common members, uh, via common service providers, via common IT systems, um, and the disruption in, in one of these uh, components has the capability to... Um, escalate into a, into a worldwide crisis. And this is, for example, what the Bank of England has been, has been um, um, writing about uh, recently. Uh, financial interconnections, especially around liquidity, are a key concern for central banks uh, or regulators, uh, especially after the failure of INRAs uh, in the NASDAQ Nordic um, markets uh, some time ago or, or Ronin Capital in the US uh, recently. Um, Financial market infrastructures are also increasingly targeted uh, by state-sponsored um, cyber attacks um, for profit purposes. Uh, you might remember the um, Bangladesh bank heist uh, a few years ago, which uh, uh, cost uh, 81 million um, and a number of other attacks around the world or, or ransom schemes uh, have, have been uh, successful uh, in, in, uh, in robbing money from systems in, in large scale, very large uh, robberies. Um, this is also something that is a priority for many industry groups around the world currently as the, uh, as the um, cyber attackers are approaching the core of the financial system, not only uh, attacking individual people and their credit cards or individual financial institutions, but att attacking the core of the financial system and the financial market infrastructure. So my vision is that uh, we'll be able to map these interconnections um, and to be able to simulate uh, these systems so that uh, when we see a disruption somewhere, we don't need to um, start to scramble the information together to understand what is happening, but we can, we can in a way look from these maps, okay, there is a disruption here, how is this gonna cascade across the system? Um, there's also been uh, in the recent years quite some talk on digital twins, uh, the concept of digital twins, uh, that is having a parallel modeling frameworks of existing systems that run in, in, uh, in parallel uh, as a twin uh, of the existing system where we can do different types of forecasting and, and scenario analysis, how these uh, real systems are being affected when we, when we, um, when we simulated on the twin system. Uh, what data and models uh, do you need to uh, design, develop, and ultimately uh, make the most of a map of this kind? And are there any challenges that need to be addressed to expand and potentially even uh, strengthen its operational applicability? That's a very good question. Uh, and most of the data sets that you would uh, need in order to um, do the simulation activities uh, like this are uh, very confidential. Um, so they are not generally available uh, except to maybe, uh, maybe some of the main regulators. However, there are also publicly available data that you can start to uh, uh, model um, the, the systems with. Uh, for example, on, uh, on um, uh, central counterparties uh, do quantitative disclosures, the same thing with the global systemically important banks. Uh, um, there are various filings in regulatory databases like Edgar in the US, 
um, and compiling this information together, you start to create a picture and actually, uh, even without the granular information, start to, to be able to create the models for simulating it. Uh, cyber terrorism regulators are also beginning to compile data sets on, on, on the IT infrastructure components and architectures and interdependencies. The same is being done by large global financial banks. Um, so the information starts to be available there. Uh, to, to, uh, and now the challenge is uh, to be able to uh, visualize, operationalize, and start to do the modeling exercises on it. Uh, and are there any practical benefits in the areas of financial and operational resilience that the maps of financial market infrastructures can bring during the times of uh, uh, systemic disruptions like the one we are going through at the moment? Uh, combining IT infrastructure data and financial data will enable um, policy advisors and regulators and, uh, and uh, chief risk officers to understand the systemic risk of financial failures, of uh, operational incidents, uh, of um, lockdowns. Uh, for example, I think the recent question has been when, when um, people, how are people, processes, locations uh, interdependent? So uh, when, when people cannot go to their office, what other things cannot be getting done uh, currently? So I think there's a very acute questions around uh, operational resilience as, as, a, as a consequence of the current uh, situation. Um, but more broadly, not only on an individual um, business level, there's also uh, large questions around uh, uh, the ability to protect the uh, critical national infrastructures from, from cyber attacks. So it ranges from the operational capability of individual businesses uh, to understand uh, um, how they are disrupted and how they can go on their work. To, um, um, to the national level uh, that are actually being brought to light by the current situation quite clearly. Uh, many thanks for your response, Kimo. Uh, even though we could carry on and uh, continue this conversation, this is unfortunately all we have time for today. So thank you very much for your time and your insights. Uh, I'm sure you have provided a great overview of an increasingly important uh, Rectag and Subtag area and equipped our listeners with a series of uh, very useful uh, practical takeaways. So thank you very much for joining us, Kimo. You're welcome, madam. It was my pleasure to be here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, many thanks to you for your attention. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for uh, Kimo or I, please let us know on social media or write to us on adam at fna.fi. I very much look forward to reconnecting soon for another FNA talk. And in the meantime, have a good day, stay safe, and goodbye.